Hey everybody, welcome to the Utah Royals FC show. With us we have Roscoe and Skyler. What's up? Hi. We also have Ryan and Megan. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> we're here every week. It's fine. Yeah. We're not special. Y'all, y'all are irrelevant. Wow, it escalated so fast. Mm -hmm. I just like click out and never do a podcast again. That's right. Well, technically, in Zencaster, there's a button that I can click kick and it will kick you out. This is true. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's very high tech. It's very high tech. Um, When Roscoe gets out of line, you can just kick him out. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, it kicks me out, guys. I didn't ever do anything. You see, maybe it's not worth it. Yeah. What I need is just like a timeout button instead of like a kick, (laughs) just like 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 the penalty box. You should just be able to mute people as you see fit. He can do that without. Oh, that's right. I can. I can. There we go. Right. But knowing me, I'd do that and then leave it on for the next fifty minutes. (laughs) You'd be like, "Why are they not answering?" They're really quiet. (laughs) I'd still just be talking. <laughs> All right, so I, like a lot of people in Davis County, thought photography was lame and dumb because every preppy kid in my high school did it. Wait, did you and say there's a lot of people in Davis County? Yeah. You learn something every day. <laughs> <laughs> The traffic has to come from somewhere. That's true. That's yeah. True. The source of all evil is in Davis County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that, I thought they were all coming from Harriman. Mm. You know, all those <laughs> a lot of them are. A lot of them are. It does seem that way. <laughs> Let me ask you guys as locals, like who are who's gonna live in those Harriman houses? I live in Harriman. <laughs> nice. Question <laughs> answered. But you live. But do you I'm live on a block with no people? No, I, I live in a pretty pretty busy neighborhood, so okay. no, I, I live like really high up on the mountain, so there's a bunch of people, weirdly enough. Nice. So as presumably the oldest person on here and as a lifelong Utah, and I'm going to give the stereotypical Utah answer to that, it's going to be all the people from California that we don't want here are, mm-hmm. are going to move into so, those Roscoe? that we can't get out to, to stay out of here. Yeah. All the people that buy uh, houses in California City, uh huh, for the housing crisis, right? Are you the oldest, or is Roscoe the oldest? I'm old. Man. Uh, no, I'm th- I'm 39. Oh, so. oh! you barely beat oh! Roscoe. I was gonna say I, I pretty I'm pretty sure I usually have people beat on that question. <laughs> How old are you, Roscoe? I am 32. I think I'm pretty sure. Damn, you old. He does get called a child quite often by players. Only by Amy Rodriguez. Amy walks up and says, hey, kids. And I laugh every time because Roscoe is older than she is. (laughs) That's funny. That's a mom. got a baby face. That's such a mom thing to say, though. Oh, I love it. Amy's kids are so cute, though. So, I mean, it's fine. I'd be okay being one of her kids. And one of them has the coolest name you could possibly have, so. She doesn't have a kid named Roscoe. (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right um anyways so y'all made photography cool again what at least for me roscoe did and videography both the things with the cameras and the lenses yeah yeah that thing so um 
Skylar, you're from Texas. I know this well because Whataburger adventures were documented extensively with Greg Rubel. Yeah, and Roscoe. Yes, 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 you both. And Roscoe, I don't I don't know where the hell you're from. Um Portland slash Southern California. Oh, okay. Cool. West Coast kid. West Coast kid. So just like walk us through, I guess, how did you get into your line of work? You can go first, Skylar. <laughs> you know I love speaking first. Um, so I originally got into editing um, in high school. We I went to a really small high school, and we were all given um, Mac laptops to do our schoolwork. And so all of our teachers decided, hey, let's just make them do a bunch of videos and edit them together for their projects or whatever. And so I had to teach myself how to edit and then in turn I started editing every kid in my class's video (laughs) Um, of course so um I kind of got into it that way I've always been kind of tv show obsessed like I've had my favorites and I've been watching it was like all I could talk about think about whatever so I figured making tv would be really really cool and so I studied mass communications with emphasis in broadcast and I worked at a tv station for a little bit decided I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life so I applied to film school got in film school in New York and studied digital editing in New York and yeah kind of went from there Nice. I don't know if you want to hear the rest of the story. I don't know. <laughs> no, really we do. There's not much more to tell. I, I did. I'm from New York. I moved to Seattle and I worked with Seattle Rain um, under Laura and uh, did video there and then moved to working with U.S. soccer youth national teams um, for a year. And then I moved to Utah. Yippee. Nice. So was that like a, you came th- to Utah through Laura was that a connection there um I know well I mean she was a person I put down on my uh resume when I applied um so I don't know if it had anything to do with it probably but I helped. helped it probably helped <laughs> I I had worked with Laura before and so um I think I built a little bit of trust in Seattle with her and I I don't know if it had any influence on me coming here or not but um yeah I put it down uh, on my resume. <laughs> oh, okay. So so it wasn't like you all just like picked up and came here with her. Um, no, I actually le- left Seattle for a year. She was at Seattle for another year after I left. And then oh, okay. we like reconnected here. Oh, cool. So why did you apply to Utah? Because um, I wanted to get back into women's sports. Um, I had been applying to like different uh, school, I wanted something a little more stable than, you know, working camps, you know, a couple times a month here, there. Um, and so just started looking at, you know, women's sports programs and started applying. And, um, I saw Tyler put on his Twitter that he was applying or he was putting out there. He was taking applications, I should say, and then just applied and interviewed with him and Delia and got a phone call that I accepted. So, Rad. Rad. So you didn't know Roscoe before this? No, I randomly got a phone call when I moved here and I had didn't know the number, so I didn't answer it, obviously. And they left me a voicemail and it was this kid named Roscoe. And I was like, this kid's dope. His name is Roscoe. 
And we've been besties ever since. Nice. See, because looking at you two, you would think that you, like, went to kindergarten together. <laughs> I mean, we got that close that fast. We're kindred spirits. Which is always that's pretty cool. cool. Like, that's just, it's nice when it works out like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's a good thing we're both cool cats. Like, <laughs> Skylar's a good hang. I would say Roscoe's a good hang, too. Nice. This this is a cute moment we're having. <laughs> Are we all experiencing it through cyberspace? Like yes, definitely. Oh yeah, we're yes, we're all definitely. like in the moment together. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all it's holding beautiful. hands, singing kumbaya. Digital love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel very involved in this group hug. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Roscoe man, how about you? Yeah, it's your turn. Speak up. Well, <clears throat> I think I've just been like wilding out since i was like 16 and if like i'm a i i like to look at myself as like a, a like a, a ongoing cooked spaghetti noodle there you go and i've just been throwing myself on the wall, the wall <laughs> to see what sticks and uh, a few things stuck for a while but then i was like ah nah i'm gonna fall off and i need a little bit more cooking and then so this thing was photography and and the royals hope are thankfully was something that finally stuck um and now i'm here and I, and i don't mean that sound that coy i've just been doing weird stuff and being weird since like i was what, like 16 roscoe's from stuff. portland weird uh i did i did everything like i i uh i did acting i did writing i did stand up i did um all kinds of things that i wasn't good at <laughs> uh, i bet you were super good at stand up I would pay. Oh yeah, you would have been so good at stand up. I can't even imagine. I was not, but thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, Santa actually, stand up is one of my great loves, and and uh, I think once you start doing something like that, you realize how much respect for you have for people who put in the work day in and day out just to craft that skill. And that would have taken me years to figure out and and to be successful at. And I don't think I had the the stomach for that many late nights uh, at my ripe old age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and, and, and I, I mean that though, like uh, I really just uh, try to make stuff as much as I can because I enjoy it. And the, the Holy grail of doing that is being able to make a living while doing it um, because you can pay your bills because you can pay your rent, but mostly because you spend all day working on your craft instead of, all day working on someone else's project and then getting home and having a little bit of extra time for your thing. So, you know, coming to the Royals has been a dream come true in that sense. Um, just having an everyday uh, attention to the work that I do has been uh, quite special for me. So I'm really glad that, that something finally did stick. That's yeah. awesome. Aww, that was so yeah. sweet. That's cool because I mean I I know exactly what that's like. There's like there's a bunch of stuff I would love to be a writer and I would love to be a broadcaster for the like I want I want Greg and Carla's job. Uh, you know I was I was watching them do that every week, going I should be on TV talking about this soccer game and yeah when you can find that moment where you're you're getting paid doing what you just want to be doing all day anyway, that's about as good as it gets. And I think that's something that we should all, all your listeners should take into account that you guys are putting out this podcast, The Labor of Love, for, for the entire season. You put a lot of work into it. It, it. it takes a lot of work. 
and you guys don't get the the chance to get paid for that work and uh that's something that we should all really be worried about and 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 be appreciative that you guys are doing that definitely thank you i'm gonna cry Oh, don't we're start. Too, not, can't, not can't, we're 12 minutes in. in. Not you can't cry two weeks in a row. Way to go, Roscoe, making people cry already. <laughs> we're like five minutes in. Come on. I, I'm a very easy crier. Oh. For well, I'm a tear collector, so. Bring him out. This is a bad combo. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that we're doing this because, Skylar, I don't like know you all ton, but in my three conversations with Roscoe, I think you're the funniest person I've met that I've only interacted with for a grand total of five minutes. So, well, thank you. Yeah, he's so, pretty funny, that. or he likes to think he's funny. I can't tell sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm laughing with him or laughing because he's laughing. Ah, that's a fine distinction. No, he's really funny. He's really funny. So you worked for the Thorns? No, sorry, not the Thorns. Uh, the Timbers, right? Before you came here? No, I actually worked for well, work. Uh, free labor for the SB Nation blog there, Stumptown Footy. Uh -huh. so oh, shot, really? Yeah, so I shot. So I'm coming from where you guys are coming from. Uh, I shot for uh, Stumptown Footy, both Thorns and Timbers. Nice. Oh, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Rad. Way cool. Um, so I guess what got you into photography specifically? I think I, there is a good origin story. Basically, my friend was graduating with her graphic design uh, major at her college or whatever, and she had her senior thesis, and the photographer didn't show up, and I was there, and it was the first time I had, I felt like it was really easy to transport what was going on in my head down into what I was actually producing. Um, so after that project, I was like, wow, I can – really do something with that and then that started a long process of being really bad at it um and i was really bad at it for a long time and then you know if, if you're willing to stick with something um through the plateaus of, of your own abilities you probably going to reach the other side a little bit better um so i started doing a lot of festivals a lot of concerts and i, th I think my kind of origin story in the sports was like i don't understand why why sports photos aren't epic or they aren't cool or they're not like supposed to be these gods on the field. They're kind of a lot of sports photography is, is uh, spare documentation. Um, and I want, I thought there was a chance for me to change that. Um, and then I started doing sports photography and uh, also was bad at that for a long time. Um, one thing, one thing I think it's, it's true about any type of endeavor like this at any given time, you could do what everyone else is doing and make it a little bit easier on yourself. Um, and there's no guarantee that you're going to get better at the thing you're trying to do. But if you do that, if you make it easier on yourself early, you're not going to grow that much. Uh, so for me, it was harder because I wanted to do a specific thing, uh, something that people weren't really doing. Um, and when I, when I missed at doing that, special thing i really missed and those photos are embarrassing uh we have them plastered all, plastered over, the all over office office um <laughs> and but at the same time i'm really proud of them because i do believe that at one point i submitted some photos to SB nation and uh, will conwell the editor there was like 
there's something weird about these, man. And I went to my partner, uh, Sarah, and, and, and I was like, look, I guess I could just do it the way people do it. Um, you know, at least they'll take the photos and they won't be embarrassing. And she was like, no, don't you dare do that. Keep pushing, keep trying to do the thing you're going to do. Um, and it, it's going to reward you. And, and thankfully it did. Yeah. I mean, that's, and here we are. that's interesting. Like I know, I know a writer who's a, a very, he's a best selling author now. And that's kind of where he went with his writing was, I could write the same stories that everybody's written all the over and over, or I could like, here's my twist on what that type of story sounds like. And it's, it's different and it takes you a second to get used to. And he's got, you know, eight or nine manuscripts worth of like, like horrible writing that he did when he first started. But once he figured it out, the first time he put that in front of an editor, they just went, wow, this is, this is different. This could change how this, style of story is written and you know similar kind of thing like now it's his thing and it's this like like you know you have those cool shots of of practice that are just like unique angles or the the player silhouetted with the sunset behind them that you you know you like you said you'd never seen really anybody take pictures like that but they're cool to see because it's just something different roscoe likes showing I feel like Roscoe's art is a different perspective. Like we're seeing soccer through the eyes of Roscoe and it's just so different and so unique. And it's something that's just like so spectacularly special. Like it's just, Oh, I love it. Yeah. And like, because I think, I think that just while I'm driving around, like I wish I could take pictures through my eyes and I guess I just need to carry a camera because that could be dangerous if you're I driving know, while doing it. I know, but I, I will see <laughs> things, and I'll be in a moment, and there's nobody else around, and I just – that's what I'm thinking is, oh, I feel bad for everybody that they aren't seeing this too. Um, and that, so that's cool to actually be able to, like, grab that moment and and then share it. I like it. Do you think that this, I guess – ability to capture moments makes you think about the life that you're living differently like is there sort of like a personal side to it as if like oh i need to like live in the moment because my you know career is based upon capturing moments if that makes sense i think i think there is in in the sense that when you're around a team, you build personal relationships. And, you know, a, lo a lot of things you'll remember about those relationships are kind of fragmented. Um, this story here or, or this story there, you know, the time that Becky Sauerbrunn called us world class and we lost our minds. Um, you know, those moments you'll remember. But as far as like having a, a human memory and a human brain, you don't really remember the visceral na nature of having those relationships. But when you look back and you look at like a photo of Becky uh, sort of silhouetted with the sun and, and whatever, you, you get to kind of remember the sense of what it was like to be around this team and around, you know, our captain and, and, and what she's like. And I think on that level, you really, I, th I think I do cherish the photos that I feel like uh, capture the, the friends that I've made along the way, like their essence. Um, I think that does play 
into account as far as like, this is the story that I lived um, and this is how I captured it and this is how I saw it. Um, so you see me as a serial killer yeah. because every photo <laughs> yeah. you take of me, I look like a serial killer. <laughs> I can't help that Skylar looks like a serial killer. I can't help that uh, I cut her photos out of, and put her in a jail. With, uh, <laughs> I can't help that. That's just the way. That's just the way it looks. My persona. Yeah, that's how I see it's you. It's my sunshine personality. Yeah. <laughs> Took a beautiful moment and turned it into serial killers. I love it. It's really just what I wear to work. So <laughs> I look like a serial killer on the office. She carries around a giant nail, like steak nail. Just around with her everywhere she goes, like I mean, it's terrifying. I may need Vampire one just one shows day. up. Or you never know. <laughs> it's, it is October. Got to be prepared for all of the possible situations. Speaking of the office, what does oh, day at the office look like? Because it's—I mean, I'm sure it's not like no, a nine to five. Yeah, that's not where we. That's not where we thought that was going. I, I thought it was going yeah. to the office too. That's all we talked about last week. So, I mean, we can talk about that as well. But a typical day at the office in season. Both, I guess. Roscoe and I show up. <laughs> we do the thing. We edit the thing, and we go home. Well, I, I would <laughs> just give you like an example. Like you know, we're switching over to RSL side because they're still playing, obviously. And uh, so all day I've been making a. Uh, Kyle Beckerman video um, and I kind of just finished the rough cut of it uh, right before this podcast started and so after this I'll go in and put all the ending details export it send it to Tyler see if it's going to be approved and then if it is approved I can go home <laughs> and if not I have to stay here for hours upon hours in this place we call the dungeon which is where we work um so that you know, like it's it is really just a lot of work, and it's a it's, grind for yeah. sure. And it, it's helpful that we love the work. I mean, yeah. I think that's one thing that me and Skylar can both relate to is just we do kind of love the work. And... Yeah, I've definitely pulled more all nighters at this job than I ever did in college, just trying to put things in like I don't know. I guess perfection. Like I wanna, I wanna highlight these women in good light, and so I'm gonna put in the work. And if that work takes me till three a.m., by all means, here we go. I just want, for the record, I did not sleep in college <laughs> because I went to school in Portland. <laughs> so hey, no, Portland's great. Portland is great. So they keep telling me. Oh, I can make a list. How do you not like Portland? That's my question. I spent a lot more time in Seattle. That's true. I could see why that would. Yeah. So when we say these like late nights or these, I mean, walk us through this a little bit because it's definitely more than like applying different filters, right? Sure. Um, on on my point, of, like from my thing, it's <laughs> there's there's a lot to do with curation. Uh, so you take 1,000, 2,000 photos and you got to curate the ones that you think should go out and you think that are quality. Um, you have to make sure that you get every player that you can because you want them to be able to go into their Dropbox and pull out any photo they might need for social media. Um, 
but there's a lot of fine details that I think people overlook in, in photos. Um, there's vertical plane, which is a lot of things I think young photographers struggle with. Uh, you want to keep your, if, if you have uh, a field level on one side, you want it the same on the other side, but that doesn't always, you don't always capture like that um, because you're moving your camera on your monopod and you're, just trying to follow the play so you have to go in and, and fix your vertical planes um there's there's ways of making a, a image that doesn't look like anything look dramatic and look look beautiful and you have to make sure that you're going in and not skipping all of those because you go oh that's nothing um you want to like sit for it with it for a second and say like can i make something unique out of that and I think that's probably the most time it takes because, you know, a lot of photographers, they go in and they, they see player and ball. They see uh, this was a big moment in the game. This is a celebration. And I think sometimes they miss out on the quieter moments, the things that they don't see uh, in the moment. So I take a lot of pride and time in finding those those little tiny things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think would make a great photo. And some, some of those, in my opinion, are, are my best work. So, Again, seeing soccer through Roscoe's eyes. <laughs> what about you, Skylar? Well, I can tell you I sit next to Roscoe for half the game, and my, sh- my stuff doesn't look like Roscoe's does. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I... What was the question again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, when I'm, I guess Roscoe kind of described. I think they're also asking like, you know, the game ends at nine thirty or whatever. Yeah, we're here until one o'clock. Like, how and why? Sure. Well, first of all, importing and computer processing take forever with video. Um, I mean, it could take me forty-five minutes just to import six cards from the game. Um, but. That's a large portion of it, and and just the sheer amount of content that we want to produce on a game night. Um, anytime there's a cool moment, a cool trick, something footy fancy, um, that gets cut. Obviously, goals, goal celebrations, those get cut. Um, and those get cut from our perspective, from our cameras, from the broadcast cameras, pretty much anything. Pretty much it gets cut from every angle of the broadcast. Um, we get you know, post-game sound, we get players doing funny things after a win, like Desiree and Gunny always like to dance after a win. You know, it just, it takes time. There's a bunch of little moments that that get captured and big moments that get captured. And it just takes some time to sort through it all because, you know, you're filming 90 minutes worth of soccer and granted you mark it while you're filming, but you still have to go back through and you find it and you cut it and if it's slow motion, speed up, real time, you just depend on what you want to do and then you color correct and do all this fun stuff and then you have to render and then exporting takes a while and then there's just a lot of steps that go into it. Hmm. So when you say bookmark, that's not like a mental note, I'm assuming. There's like a, a thing. No, so like, so like if you ever see me shooting the ground, I'm usually marking something. Because I edit on Adobe Premiere and I like to see it in little boxes. It kind of gives you a little box preview. So like, say someone scores a goal. I get everything I want from the goal to the celebration, cover that whole thing. I don't cut 
I keep recording. And then um, when I finish recording that, I'll point at the ground and I'll create two more clips. I'll hit record, stop, record, stop. Sometimes I'll do it three times just to make sure I got it. And then when I import it, I just have to scroll through and where I see three plots of grass, two or three plots of grass, I know the goal is the clip right before that. Oh, okay, cool. Um, If you're filming in real time on our cameras, you can also color bar it, which it's just a button on your camera and it creates the television color bars. Um, And so you can, when you're scrubbing through your footage, you can just kind of scan across. And when you see the color bars, you know, right before it is also a clip, but that's when you're filming in real time. We tend to film games depending on how many cameras slow fast. It just depends on the situation. Yeah. Things I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. That's a trick I learned in Seattle. My boss in Seattle taught me that one. (laughs) Made it a lot easier on me. I'm sure. I'm sure that way, you know, you're digging through a lot less. The point is, is everything we do is very complicated and impossible for everyone else. So no one come for our jobs. Precisely. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure this all sounds very fascinating mumbo jumbo to everyone out there. They're like, huh? What? Soccer what? (laughs) Computer, huh? That's funny. That's funny. Speaking of jobs, remind me when we're done with the podcast, ask you all a question. Um, so shall we, I guess, go to some of the questions that we have from random people on the Twitters? We got a pretty all good right. amount of questions for these guys. We did. Nikita alone has like right? seven. <laughs> all right. So weirdest mm-hmm. shooting conditions. Zing. Shooting next to Roscoe. <laughs> oh! Roasted. JK, JK, LOL. I actually talked to him the whole time he's shooting, and he's like, Skylar, shut up. I'm trying to shoot. <laughs> I think is... I will say that I like to lean into weird shooting conditions. Uh, I've seen that. I like to argue this point yeah, already. I, I love anything that is going to make something weird. Basically, Roscoe does not like mascots, and in Houston, the mascot sat down next to him. And took one of his cameras and started shooting, and Roscoe was very uncomfortable, and I like to make fun of him. I would have had a heart attack. Rude. Like, why would a mascot yeah. do that? What? When has a mascot not been rude? Fair That's enough. very true. Are point. you afraid of Cleo, too, or just like other teams' mascots? I'm, I'm not afraid of our mascots. I just. It's not a fear, it's like an uncomfortable. I feel like, I feel like mascots should only be real animals. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my feeling on it the weirdest place is sky blue because they don't really light their field um and you don't need to get into how sad that place is but like we've already uh, talked about it (laughs) yeah it's uh, a very dark place to shoot it's a very yeah it's a very dark place Mm. but one of the things i love about it actually is we you know we're always going to be wearing our whites there uh so you get really crazy weird purple white contrast yeah um it's not great for players faces which generally you want to see but it is great for shadows um so for me i I always kind of like i get a kick out of editing those photos um you know it's anytime you're anytime you're trying to get light it's going to be harder it makes your job harder so it is a little bit harder to work there um but you know, the, the top 10% of the photos I get there are probably better than the top 10 I get elsewhere. The the bottom 30 are, I probably don't even get that many. 
at Sky Blue because they're they're unusable because there's not enough light. Um, but yeah, that's probably the weirdest situation I feel like. Yeah, it's really dark for my video purposes. Sure. Like my, I just feel like the video is weird because it's just it's dark all around them. It's like yeah. Well, actually, the probably the weirdest uh, uh, the weirdest shooting situation was outside Minute Maid Park. Because uh, I was doing uh, like a long exposure, like wait, in the middle the, of the night. Was this the first time we went to yeah. Houston? Yeah. So it was like, like 1, 1 in the morning. 1 a.m. or something. And I was doing a long exposure. And then Sky was like, ah, cockroach. And then I was like, <laughs> And then there was somebody sleeping like two feet away. Two, two feet away, which also terrified. And I was also very sad. I like, I like turned away from Roscoe's screams and then something moved and I was like, oh my god, there's someone right there. Yeah. So that was probably probably That was probably wild, yeah. What other stuff have you shot besides like I know I I know Roscoe you've done like commercials. Uh man, I've shot everything. Like yeah. I worked for I worked freelance before this. Uh so I'd take any job. Uh I'd like honestly any job um maybe one of the weirdest was this dude who's like uh he was like uh he was like a yoga instructor and he's like hey i'll like give you like 200 bucks to like come over and uh uh take photos of me and i was like oh yeah that's cool 200 bucks i'll take that and so i like walk over there and he's like in his garage and he's like uh do you mind if i like take off my shirt and i'm like uh okay Go ahead. I guess you're a yoga instructor. And then he was, like, kind of just wanting to take off more and more clothes. And then I was like, you know what? I'm pretty much done. Um, You're going to have to pay me a lot more for that. (laughs) This was in Portland, of course, right? Yeah. Of course. Of course. I do. Where else would it be? In some ways, I do miss the weird, weird jobs that I would get in Portland. Um, yeah. yeah like i i worked for a landscaping weddings. company and i took their landscape photos for a long time i uh i i covered the riots for vice um oh, the cool. riots excuse me the protests um we're at the riot yeah um yeah like i don't know it's just like whatever whatever gig came next when you when you work freelance you don't know where your next meal is coming so you you don't really say no yeah Fair. What about you, Skylar? Um, I'm kind of in a similar boat to Roscoe. I've done, I, you know, did sports in college. I did TV news. Um, I did, um, I worked the business side of the TV station I worked at. So I did business commercials, um, different things like that, you know, like uh, 5Ks, you know, random stuff like that. Um, I've done weddings, a little bit of everything. Like Roscoe said, you don't say no when you're freelancing. That's like, you know, you're just happy to have the work and happy to be getting paid. Hmm. Right on. A little bit of everything. Right on. Is there like a really weird shoot that you've done similar to Roscoe's story? I don't know. I'm not as like out there as Roscoe. Well, I will tell you. I'm not from Portland. I'm from Texas. We keep it pretty tame unless we're in Austin. I will tell you, she's got a weird one coming up. Because me and the RSL photographer, Bobby Hits, 
have decided that we're going to start a new magazine called Body Issues. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I remember this conversation. And, and we're going to need some, some B-roll, I think, of that photo shoot. Yeah. That'll be the weirdest thing I've ever done in my entire yeah. life. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, we're just, me and Bobby are just going to recreate the, the, the Pino and Super poses. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to have your, instead of sport, like a basketball and a soccer ball, you're just going to have your cameras. Yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's going to be RSL lovely. Everybody be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for body issues coming later this year. Via RSL. Oh man. That's the new all access. Yikes. I think that's a little bit more no, access. No, that was going to be called bargain. too much access. <laughs> I know. It's a little a little more access than people bargained for. Oh man. Oh my gosh. All right. So, moving to Nikita's second question, uh best and worst meals during travels and or like do you just have any hilarious stories that are that you Best think? meal Waterburger excluded. Best meal, North Carolina, this place called True Flavors. We will go back there every time we're in North Carolina. It is so good. Roscoe can probably put into words how good it is, but it's amazing. They have these, like, this is just, like, the things they bring out because you ordered something. Uh, They're, like, these little cheddar bit bites. And they have a a fresh new jelly that they put on them. Like, homemade. Every different day. Fresh, like, new flavor combination i think it was like watermelon mango or something the last time we were there and they're like salty and buttery and crispy but totally doughy on the inside and they're so good and all all the food there is delicious and they have like these giant milkshakes that are just like ridiculous and they have like old school Um, sodas like flavored fruit soda and you have to wait a little bit so what happens is you're like waiting there just saying open 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 i'm hungry i'm hungry i'm hungry and then you get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and then like you finally get in there and then you're Sounds just like okay to me four thousand calories for your breakfast it's so good <laughs> it's amazing yeah. uh, it's definitely worth it if you're ever in north carolina i'm very hungry now. same <laughs> and the worst is waterburger because that boy sucks <laughs> You know, never been. More for my, me. Uh, my More wife for is me. from Texas as well, and they you had to. I actually uh, had Whataburger had last week. Funeral down there a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but on the way, they're like, well, "We're going to Whataburger, and we are going to Taco Cabana, and just like every Texas, you know, fast food that they don't get to eat anymore." They were all over it. On the border. Oh yeah, I went last week and. My mom was like, we're taking your dad to In-N-Out. And I was like, I have In-N-Out in Salt Lake. Sorry, you're taking me to Whataburger because I don't have a car and you're going to take me there. And then my dad ended up taking me to Whataburger instead of In-N-Out. So I was really happy about it. Nice. As Roscoe rolls his eyes. (laughs) Are there any hilarious slash like embarrassing stories about the players that you'd be willing to share? Or you? I'm sure there are a lot of hilarious stories about just Roscoe being Roscoe. I don't know if I... we We're not really around... I I honestly would tell you if I felt like the, the person wouldn't be mad about it. No, that's and I fair. Don't think it, 
I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody on the team would be mad about it. I, I just. They're all really cool. Like yeah, they're super chill. I don't. I'm trying to think of like something that would just be like, like like you know like low. I mean, pretty much just Instagrams everything yeah. she does anyway. So it's not like a secret if she does something weird. Low is just a jokester all the time. Like she's always down to like make people laugh, and she's just having fun. She's just being low. <laughs> I don't know. Katie's always super snarky, sarcastic, <laughs> so quick-witted. She'll say something, and you just end up laughing because you're like, "Whoa, that just happened." Um, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, you can occasionally catch Des dancing like, at random, like and she doesn't know like she, Kelly does you're that a lot watching too, her, yeah. and then she'll turn around, and it's like, camera's rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair fair statement. I don't know. I just think they're all they're all pretty cool. They're all cooler than I am. It's like harder. It's not hard to beat. It's hard to yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh super funny Roscoe stories. <laughs> I don't know. Anytime we get Roscoe to drunk Roscoe status is a good time. <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen or what he's gonna say or what like you just don't know has there ever been a time one of you's trying to like run and catch a play and you just like completely biff it because that would be me if i tried to do either of your jobs i'm on a tripod oh, so true. i'm pretty hard standstill there was one time i was walking with the players walking out they were like walking out of the tunnel and i was going backwards and i hit the camera guy the broadcast spun. camera guy behind me and just kind of spun yeah. out. But that's about it. I, Could be I think about that every Pretty time, station. like especially when you guys are following them after so. they come Roscoe over never and do the, the victory clapping with the with the north end and the court, and then they'll walk around and you're backpedaling to keep up with them as they walk. And it's like, oh, please don't fall. That would be just terrible. To... They would. Well, and they'd all laugh too. Probably look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would not. Care. Yeah. There was one time I stepped off a curb in DC, mm. walking to put my camera in the van from shooting at night, and I completely rolled my ankle off the curb. Saved the camera, kept it in the air, didn't let it fall, but thrashed <laughs> my ankle. Abby saw it and la died laughing at me. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, people often ask me if I've gotten hit with the ball, and the reality is, like, I really haven't. I mean, no, I don't think I have either. So. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, if you want me to tell you embarrassing stories about my personal life, I have plenty of them. <laughs> yes, please. Go for it. I don't know. Give us your best. I don't know if you're ready for it. Oh, oh, the so I, I actually had a tweet the other day that was, like, uh, was something like, uh, my hair gel bottle looks an awful lot like my toothpaste bottle, so I had to get rid of my hair gel. Oh and man! The the reason for for that was this actually happened. I actually put hair gel on my toothbrush. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's good. And I, I I like put it in my mouth and immediately something went wrong. 
So I didn't get too much. You just wanted going your team to there. stay exactly where but, they are. Uh, I was like, this is dangerous. Uh, Pretty, you know what? I, if that yeah. works, yeah. oh man! I wanted my teeth to be like uh, a Ooh, '90s yeah. Stussy skateboarder guy. Wow! Yeah. I wanted my teeth to be Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is great! This is great. Um, so moving on, what is kind of the biggest misconception about creating dope content? how easy it is people think snap your fingers there's something awesome i don't think i don't think people who don't <laughs> do content i don't think they fully realize time and commitment and effort oh is it hard it for takes. you <laughs> i've seen your workflow <laughs> uh, no. yeah. but I, I feel like people come to us and they're like i need this minute long video tonight and it's like what <laughs> like I don't think people really have an idea of like what it takes and what goes into it. So I feel like that's an easy misconception. It's just. I think the biggest things are time. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier with just doing this job full time gives you so much more time to, to perfect your craft. Uh, and there's never there's never enough of it. Um, you also constantly battle your own psyche, um, because at any given time you could cut a corner or you can say, you know, that feels all right. I could, I could deal with that. Um, you know, that's not my best work, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm done mentally. I can't go any longer. And you really can't do any of those things. They're, they're going to be caught, um, you know, I'm doing a lot more video now too, and and you know that's one thing that everybody should respect about video editors is like, it is polishing a pearl, and and every imperfection is gonna get caught the first time you put it out there. So you have to keep at it, and you don't want to like I you know I have to finish this video tonight, and I want to go home, and and you know it's it's just not gonna be right until it's right, and you gotta stick with it and keep your mental facilities clean and, and, and keep at it. And like that, that I think is probably the hardest thing for people to conceptualize is that like, it's not always fun. It's often really hard. And there's an element of like the work being hard and making something being really hard. And then there's another element of just like the grind of doing it is very hard. Um, and you know, like after your six hour, six hour editing a video, uh, after your hundredth photo that you've processed, you're, you're mentally taxed. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you don't want to do it anymore. Um, and pushing through on that is actually super, super important. It's the difference between being passable at your job and being great at your job. So that like mental fortitude to keep going is, is actually probably one of the more difficult parts of our job, I think. Yeah. And sometimes you do, you, you work at something so much and you've looked at it over and over again. Like I know sometimes you have to walk away for 30 minutes, an hour. Like I'll, I'll work on something all morning here and then take an hour, go get food, come back, look at it. And then it's like a new, it's almost like 
just recharging your batteries a little bit, like refreshing your eyes, mentally refreshing. And then you sit down and you look and you see, oh, I've been trying for three hours to get this one thing to work this way. I've stepped away, come back, and now it makes sense. Now I can see it. Now I know how to fix it. So it's just staying on top of it and just powering through, really. I'll give you an example. So my friends were in town for the Portland RSL game. And uh, we spent all day together, so that was great. But I was kind of like, well, maybe I could get done at a certain time and go meet them out wherever they're they're going that night. Uh, and what I realized was even before I said I would go out or, or whatever, I told my friends, I was like, look, I'm not going to come out. Um, and the reason is, is like, if I have it in my mind that I'm trying to finish this other than trying to do my best work, that'll be something that, you know, I didn't get into this job for that. I got in this job to do this thing that I love and I need to give it every single uh, second of my attention. Um, and so I'm just going to meet you guys for brunch the next morning. So it's like, it's that type of commitment with this stuff that I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give this to people maybe listening that may, maybe want to do a job like this or maybe want to be in the creative field. And it's, and it's that type of level of commitment that you need to have to really make your stuff great. There's a, a lot of missed outings sure. in this job. But then a lot of really great and then a lot of really good times together. <laughs> that's super enlightening because, you know, that's applicable to a lot of things as well. Just to, you know, respect the grind, I guess, and to, to keep going because, you know, w- when you cut corners, the end product does suffer. Um, sure. Do you feel like the average fan can, I guess, tell when you've cut a corner? Is it, or is it more of like a mentally, like I cut a corner and like, this is not up to my own par. I definitely think it's noticeable to the average video. I don't necessarily video, know like photo. A, a cut corner in video is jarring. Video. It's like, you're right. watching that and you're like, Oh, that was weird. That wasn't supposed to happen. And they may not know why it wasn't supposed to happen, but you can, your brain is like, oh, that wasn't right. So you can tell pretty quick with video if you cut corners or if you don't really, or like if you finish something and you don't go back over your finished product and you don't watch the whole video from start to finish in its entirety, like you can tell when something's off. At the same time, like I'll watch videos from other teams or whatever, and I'll think to myself, and and I don't want to be negative to other creators, but like, I'll think to myself, like, I wouldn't have put that out. Like, that doesn't seem ready. Um, and that's not, like, meant to be a slight on them because it really is, like, it just feels like it didn't have enough polish. You didn't, you, you let that, uh, you let that go just a little bit too much or there's a camera bump at the end. Or you're like, you got to be able to too see much. that stuff. Sometimes you put too much polish on sure. it and it's, like, too much going on. It's too active. It's too... There's too much movement. There's there's a lot going on. It's just busy, and it's like there's it's nothing really clean and precise. Like you can overdo it too. And there's a lot of things that like I'll notice. Um, uh, like if you go back and look at the intro video for the new San Jose coach, there's like a camera bump at the end, and I'm like, I got you guys. Why? <laughs> and honestly, I don't think a single person. Even well, I'm definitely going to go back and watch it now. So, now that you've said that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's an element of like, yeah, actually, I think a good analogy is um, I was at this, was covering this beer branding conference uh, as a job for freelance. 
and this guy was talking about how each each one of their beers he like had adjusted to be like all of the color like the 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 branding had one color of each color of the rainbow and he 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 felt very satisfied by that um and then the blue one whatever the blue beer was uh it they they stopped making it and he's like every day i woke up from the day that they discontinued that beer it bothered me that we were missing the blue in in this range and we did a bunch of a bunch of different uh, projects that had all these beers and didn't have the blue one and they all look great and they were all pretty high level work uh but i was bothered that we didn't complete the set and he's like look no one is ever gonna care about that not a single like not a single soul is gonna be missing the blue beer bottle or whatever but the reason why i do this the reason why i'm good at this is because i do know this and I do care. Um, and that's enough for me. That's enough for me to know that I'm doing my best job, that like I care about something no one else will ever see or care about. And I think that's the kind of the level of attention, especially with video. Um, photo is a little bit different. I think photo is an accumulation. Uh, so it's, when people start to see a brand in the photos that you do is when you really start to, you start to hook them. Um, and I think it's important for uh, photographers and like teams to start thinking about this, that the way, when they put out something, uh, it should look a certain way. Um, and it should, it should feel like this is the Royals. Um, this you know, is should... why I have Roscoe look at everything. Because I know he cares just as much as I do. And I know I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to my videos. And I'll get really frustrated with myself. And I harp on myself probably harder than anyone else ever could. But I'm like, Roscoe take a look at this. Is it good enough? What can be done to make it better? And he'll humor me with his time and he'll help me out. I usually say it's not, it doesn't have enough me in it. <laughs> That's very true. That does happen. Oh man. Ro Roscoe has his own gift folder on my computer dedicated oh, my to goodness. him. <laughs> Share please. I, I, I didn't know that. And then I, I had to go search through her drives and then I was like, what is this? This isn't creepy at all. It's my Roscoe accumulation. That is pretty awesome. Um, so those late nights, you know, when it's 1, 2, 3 a.m., uh, you know, the night after a game, I'm sure y'all are exhausted. And I'm sure staring at a computer screen, you know, akin to like writing a paper because I'm in college and, you know, you just get tired and exhausted and i'm sure that the way at least my you know my very limited understanding of editing is that there's a million directions one thing can go so when your brain sort of sh starts to shut down if it does i guess what do you do to sort of like refresh to be able to like come back to the moment and make the content you're working on the best content you can you cry until you fall asleep all right okay that's how I'm solving all of life's problems from now on. You start looking. You start looking at the screen through the jar of your tears. <laughs> um, I tend to walk away. I walk completely down to the other end of the stadium. Go to the bathroom. I go find a Dr Pepper or something, um, and then I come back. Maybe go find someone, have a short little conversation, just to get my mind off of it, and then come back to it, and then. 
grind it out some more. Um, Cause it does get hard when you're mentally exhausted. It's like two o'clock in the morning. You want to go to sleep. I mean, that's, that's me. That's what I do. That's my, I go get a Coke. That's my, my go-to. I don't drink coffee. So. I, I, I think it's a lot easier to do photo work like that. Um, I, I, I think if I could like, cause I'm, you know, you know, I'm not nearly as talented as Skylar, but I'm, starting to do a lot of video now and like the the obsession with uh making small small edits is something that i think like is you know one of the best skills you can have as a video editor and the idea of doing that when you're exhausted seems almost literally impossible to me um just because like i can't imagine thinking about like hey this shot like the guy's face is a little bit too big for the transition here. Like I want that to change. Oh, I'm going to have to restructure the entire timeline. This is two frames off because his head's just cut off just one or two frames too soon. Like I got to go in and adjust everything and move it. Like the, the idea that like, I want to change that frame and then change my entire timeline at 2 AM in the morning when I just want to go to bed and dream about like, building a go-kart and then racing it like in in the sky for a bundle full of chocolate like i like i cannot imagine that that's like a hard because like as as for photos once you get to a certain place you're like okay the light is generally going to be the same for all these images the way i shot this is going to be generally all the same what i'm really doing is curating i'm looking at like does this does the structure of this photo look good is it something that I'm, I'm, you know, feel is quality enough to put out there? Uh, so you can kind of do that on like brain level zero. Um, you know, obviously you want to put as much attention as you can to it, but once you've like processed a hundred of them, you you you've already gone above and beyond. So, um, yeah, like I, I I can't imagine what Skyler is like. Uh, late at night the i i can actually my dog looks at me kind of funny sometimes yeah because <laughs> even though she probably hasn't had a drop to drink there's a time when skylar just starts saying things and you're like skylar you're drunk <laughs> sleep drunk yeah you're you're wild well you're out. saying things that don't make sense my english isn't very good to begin with so i don't put things into words as eloquently as you do so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard. Some, I mean, it's hard. You, I always have to just walk away, come back, and you really just have to grind it out. And my mindset is like, get it done. Because if I procrastinate and I like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's hard. Whatever. It's just gonna take me even longer before I can go to bed. And me and sleep are like besties. So, I think the one thing is it's it's so much easier when you're at home, because when you're on the road, you're often half you know you have to catch the bus at seven a.m. and you're still editing at one two in the morning yeah that is really hard that's when it gets really rough yeah road trips are hard you're tired and then you wake up and you look like garbage and then all the girls are like haha you look like garbage and you're like oh that's me get on the bus anyways dang all right so um question four sorry i like 
but we've had so many questions. That's what the show is all about. You got to keep us on track, track, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so you, we get off track real easy. <laughs> the two of us together, it's it's never easy to stay on. Not really. Tangent. That's we fair. don't go on a tangent. Is it really a Royals FC show? There you go. Yeah, that's exactly. Fair. All right. So, question four from Nikita: Has Roscoe played Becky in any video game yet? I don't know what this is in relation to. Oh my God! You guys have no idea how. Okay, I have been in the airport. We sit down. Becky turns to Roscoe and is like asking him all these questions with these weird words that I've never heard of. And then Roscoe replies with even more weird words that I've never heard of. And I'm just sitting here watching and observing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Is this like some ancient Egyptian language you're speaking? Like, I don't know what this is. And then Becky's like, oh, you don't play Zelda? And I'm like, nope. Well, me and Becky share a love of Zelda. Zelda's great. Uh... Roscoe has gone off about Zelda before when we were in New York. We went, we were like bar hopping and he was playing pinball in this one bar and he turns and looks at me and goes, this is nothing like Zelda. And then we bar hop to the next bar, have a few more drinks and he pulls over our bartender and he's like, you will have never played a more beautiful game than this game. The music, the artistry, the color, the vibrance, like he goes into like vast detail about this game. And, like, I just videotaped the whole thing and put it on my Twitter. You can probably go find it. It's really funny. Like, Roscoe and Becky talking about Zelda is, like, a love connection that's never happened. Yeah, she, like, she taught me how to uh, uh, use the ancient arrows to kill the uh, the centaurs on the way to uh, to the big boss. And that, like, really helped me. And uh, But I will, I will say, like, the first time I ever talked to her, uh, to Becky about Zelda, I uh, I said, you know, I was like, hey Becky, like, so like, like let's be honest, like, how many times, how how many times do you get stuck, and then you go when you uh, like read the game facts and I can, figure out I how can to hear beat that level. in her voice. And she's like, actually really, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, like, like that like, half eye roll. Respect for yourself. Of, what is wrong with you? I cannot believe you're suggesting that. Yeah. But you've got to picture her face with the disdain. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, then I was like, oh, of course, of course I wouldn't do that. Never. Not I. As it's Googled on his cell phone. like yeah. He's like clearing his search history. Uh, <laughs> and so throughout the time when I was playing Zelda, Becky would uh, ask me, I was like, hey, how are you doing? On Zelda, and I was like, great. She'd be like, you're not cheating, are you? Now she just thinks you're a massive cheater. No way. But tell me how to beat that final boss. So what's it, I guess, what's it like to have these conversations with, you know, these players who are really well-known, and I don't want to say intimidating, but almost because of their status, they are, like... I mean, it's like having a normal conversation. It's like you and I talking right now. Really? I mean, they're just they're just people. I mean, yeah, they have a status, but like they're people. They want to have a conversation. They don't want to be treated any differently. Like, well, see, that's they're that's me they're just all... humans. Like, that's me. I don't know. Every time I've been it's, anywhere, I think it's more like any of the players. Like, I was at 
Hello. I was at uh, uh, RSL Roscoe. Women. My name's Roscoe. was there because she knew players on that team from, from preseason camp. And yeah, I know them. I know the players on that team from having worked with them for a couple of years. And there's a Royals player. And I could have totally just walked over and they would she would have been fine with that because she's like the nicest person I think I know through, you know, the Internet anyway. And I just stood there. I was like, nope, cannot go over there. Can't even say anything. So I get that whole intimidation. Like to us, they are this otherworldly kind of, you know, mythical creature. But um... <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think, I don't know. For me, like, initially meeting them, it was such a whirlwind. We only had X amount of time with them. Like, it was just such a whirlwind, and then you're just around them every day. It's just kind of like a, I don't know. I, I think, honestly, the, the biggest thing is they're all so nice. Yeah. And they've and, all been really welcoming to us. And so, like, they and, they put that foot forward as far as ma- making us feel welcome. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's kind of on us to, like, adjust and be normal human beings right because i mean they're just as invested as us as we are in them i mean they come up to us and ask us questions like hey where are you from what are you doing like they want to get to know you because we work with them every day Mm -hmm. and so they're they want to know who they're working with i mean they they want to know you as a person and you get to know them as a person and it just kind of becomes they want to know who the weird people taking it's never normal I mean, we got to make them look good. If we never make them look bad, off with your head. <laughs> All I know is that having a conversation with Becky Sauerbrunn. I, I can't do Zelda, but I know she also plays Tomb Raider, and that I could talk to her about I mean, for hours. You're going to be speaking some ancient Egyptian language. I don't know what it is, but it's Zelda language. Sure. I think Becky could talk about video games. To anybody for hours. Baller. All right, so uh, Shakala, freestyle, go. Twenty-inch rims <laughs> on the Impala. Oh, okay. Shakala, give oh sorry. <laughs> it just turns into karaoke. <laughs> Let me just bless the world with my singing voice, real quick. As we fade out. Nah, I don't freestyle. I mean, it's got pre- we... pre-written lyrics, pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Through a production process, we can close with that as we as we exit the show. We'll just pick a song, any song, and you can just sing it, and then we'll fade out with that. I'm so down. Karaoke is like my favorite thing to do. Holla. Um. So, Nikita also asks, how can women's soccer clubs and media improve in terms of their creative content? Invest. Invest. I don't. I don't know the situation at a lot of clubs, but a lot of teams have not invested in that aspect yet. There a lot of a lot of clubs are very understaffed in every aspect. But as far as like digital teams go, like just pure investment, you know, put putting people in a position where they can put these women in, in a good light. You know, filming something on your cell phone isn't gonna be a high enough quality to I mean, it's not going to be terrible because you're putting something out. You know, you're getting them some FaceTime, but it's just investing, I think, could be the biggest thing. I feel like 
there's probably things in addition to investment uh, that you would only come across if you actually did invest. Um, and so it, it's really hard to talk about anything else in, in terms of like the quality of media, uh, unless you're talking about every single NWSL having a fully staffed digital team. Um, because until you're there, you're not talking about strategy. You're not talking about marketing. Uh, marketing. You're not talking about like any of the different ways that you can make great content. You're literally just saying, hey, we're going to give some talented people the ability to live by their work and study their craft and and take the stuff that they make and, and use it to fuel our league. If you're not doing that, then there's not really much to talk about. Um, like, I don't know if that's sounds negative but like when you when you come from a, a place i think of of we're doing a lot of freelance like we do and a lot of people asking you for free work um you you really understand like what is kind of happening on a macro level which is people are trying to get uh work for free and when you get work for free it it doesn't allow people to sit there for an hour to figure out what will make them great that day um and until you're doing that you know there's not really much to talk about that's my my opinion no i totally agree i did a lot of work for free for people and it's like my motivation also wasn't high it wasn't i'm getting paid to do this i need to make this the best thing i can make it it was they're not really paying me for this and they're not paying me for my time so I'm going to do my thing and what they get is what they get, which is a terrible mindset to be in. But when I was just starting out, you know, sure. I was like, I'm not getting paid. But I, I just believe that, and maybe this is a crazy political belief, but that uh, everyone deserves the dignity of being paid for their work. Even if, um, if it's just like a little bit, like pay someone for 50 bucks for a day if you're paying an intern to be there all day. Oh, like, for sure. Like, I mean, that's not great, but I mean, like, in like, it shows that you value that person and what they're capable of. People often tell me like, uh, well, you made it like you did the free stuff for a long time and, and, and look, you, you kind of made it out of that. And uh, the reality is that there was no, there was nothing right about me spending, you know, being up at 6am trying to figure out how to make my photos look great and having to work the next day at 9am. Like there was nothing good about that. There was nothing. Uh, I wasn't paying dues. I wasn't doing any of these things that people try to like laud as is your your way up into the business or whatever. Uh, that was just uh, being a victim of a system in which they don't. There isn't an emphasis put on the dignity of getting paid for work, and so I really think that. Uh, all these teams should have a digital team. They should all pay well. I think every American worker deserves a living wage. Um, so that's where I stand on it, I guess. God, I love you all so much. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. It's tough doing you know, your passion and everything for free, and then people just take your stuff and run with it. They don't give you credit for it. So you can't really build your own brand because like, no one knows you did it. Like... It's it's really rough and it's really tough spot to be in and really really tough to get out of. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, because I mean I'm sure it sort of ruins the love that you have for it too. Because it's like 
you know your yeah it can it can definitely i've i've had friends keep me in this business whenever i was going through my freelance days and people were wanting things for free and i was like i'm never gonna get paid to do this ever again and i luckily have really great friends who anytime i felt like quitting and completely changing careers they kept me in it and here i am so (laughs) party party all right so Favorite snacks all edited. Frasco. Whiskey. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? I like whiskey and coffee. At the same time. Yeah. I'm not much I'm not much of a snack person to be honest. Um, so Yeah, that's really a meat question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so when I edit, I love having sour candies. So like I typically buy the watermelon Sour Patch candies. That's kind of my go-to, but anything sour, Sour Patch Kids, any of that stuff. It's kind of my my editing candy, and I always have to have a Dr. Pepper with or without alcohol. It depends on the night, but honestly, that's like my go-to. I go to 7-Eleven or wherever and get sour candies and a Dr. Pepper, and that's like... It's really a problem. That's like the unhealthiest <laughs> editing Pepper, snack for how though, long I spend editing. Like that's really like the you worst. Should try whiskey. I should probably try some fruits yeah, and veggies, ser- maybe a, a water here and there. <laughs> Give my kidney something good to work through. Dr. Pepper and I are great friends. <laughs> Dr. Pepper is my my jam. It's my go-to. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm currently trying I'm trying to get off of the Cokes, so... There you go. Drinking, like, I'm down to, like, one every couple of days, which today I had three, so it was a rough... I've been gone for a week, so getting back into the work swing, I went and had three Dr. Peppers today, so... <laughs> um. So Laura McCoy asks, what are your... Hi, Laura! <laughs> what is your, like, favorite part of traveling to the other team's pitch? leaving it no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm totally kidding i i have a lot of friends spread out all over um i know people in a couple different places so i enjoy getting to see friends that i don't ever get to see that's that's fun from a personal standpoint i don't know we we often talk about different stadiums and compare them we get into those conversations so it's fun to go to those places and see those places I I like going to shoot the cities. We often. Uh, oh yeah, often, that's always a fun adventure. We often uh, push to go get city content wherever we go, just to give like the fans a sense of place and where we're at. Um, and I enjoy you know, uh, getting off the plane, taking a shower, going to get like a coffee, a, 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 finding a really good restaurant and is then always more coffee. nice. Um, <laughs> And then going out and and looking for things that are unique to that city to photograph and to put out there is like this is where we're at. Um, that's probably my favorite. It's it's really fun because like you and I we walk all over these cities. I mean we walked around he- downtown Houston for like four hours or more. Like all over Houston, all over Raleigh, Chicago. We explored a lot. I mean we are here, there, and everywhere. Spent a week in New York. Not a week, like four days, but yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, we're up till 2 a.m. We always get back to the hotel at 2 a.m., yeah. seems like. Like, we go out, we 
find a spot to go to dinner and then we head out and it's it's always fun it's an adventure you're seeing places you've never been to before you're you know and then to get to share that with the fans is really fun and we appreciate that too you know that that road content is really cool to see because you know you really do in a sense take us there you know yeah that's i wish we could bring you all there with us same same all right so i realize that we are taking up a ton of your time and no we okay okay cool um (laughs) right on so andrew knight um just like what advice do you have for someone that may want to do the same sort of thing that y'all do don't do it i'm just kidding um, <laughs> don't do it don't run away run away sorry um i think from my personal experiences and everything it's more put yourself out there give yourself an opportunity to go out and do these things reach out to people message people just put yourself out there um You know, it's a lot of it is, you know, who you know and everything, but you can easily message people on different, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Just reach out to people, see if see if you can go shoot some stuff for your own personal reel and stuff and make those contacts, uh, reach out, have those conversations with people as hard as it may be to go out there and do that. But just put yourself out there. I think that. You have to have a relentless intention and obsession about what you do. Um, if if I were meeting somebody and they were like, "How do you get into this?" and they were like, "Yeah, I just wanna, I just wanna be like around the team, or I just wanna like do the thing and go home or whatever," it's like I probably wouldn't do this then. Uh, not because like it isn't fun or anything like that. It's just it's so hard to stand out that way. Mm-hmm. And this is a business of standing out in a certain sense. Um, so if, if you kind of go into this idea of like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do my job and I'm going to go home. I, you're not going to be very successful. Uh, and you really I think, probably miss a lot of deadlines. <laughs> that's the other thing. Um, so to me, I think the idea that you kind of always have to have is, is this sense of urgency, the sense of, uh, con- continuous growth. You got to be mad if you don't feel like you're growing. Um, you got to feel like you're ten steps behind a lot, so that you make up that speed. Like, and it, it's such a hard place to stand out. Um, and honestly, like, you could go into being like, I don't need to stand out, but it's like that. That's going to be tough to break in to get anybody to believe that you specifically are the, the person that they want to bring in. Uh, it's going to be tough when raises come along. It's going to be tough when other opportunities you, you want to have come along. So really just like this intensity about doing something different, about doing something better, you got to have it or you're, you're not going to survive. Um, and I, I don't like this idea that like, people who are laborers have to, the only way that they can get ahead is by working 60 hours a week and being this intense or whatever. Um, but 
I do think that's kind of the reality in which we live in in this in these positions. Uh, you really do have to be intense about it. And that's unfortunate because I, I I think that more people should get a chance to express themselves and do art and uh, no matter the level. Um, but it is going to be a hard for you if if you're not putting that kind of intensity into it. Man, that's beautiful. So eloquent. <laughs> Heart eye emoji. Ryan, Megan, do y'all have anything? No, I don't think so. No, I'm I'm good over here. I've uh, just been enjoying the uh, enjoying the ride. I don't feel like I've learned so much today. I know. I feel like we're getting off easy. Uh, I I want to say something. Uh, <laughs> of course. Top three Salt Lake City places to eat. And go. Uh, <laughs> so Eva's, um, I think on Main Street, uh, they're right next to like White Horse and uh, the Whiskey Bar. Uh, Eva Steak and Fingerling Potatoes, delicious. Huh. That's one of my favorite spots. Uh, actually, if you go to White Horse, and, uh, much recommendation to the charcuterie board and the roasted red pepper soup is also very delicious. Uh, and then the second spot is a place called Lan Na Thai. It was part of uh, it was part of the food cop. There's some sort of food cop, uh, food cart co-op that's uh, designed to get uh, uh, minority-owned businesses uh, storefront. And they're one of the one of the uh, few places that have graduated from food cart to storefront. And they're by Pioneer Park, and they're freaking Oh, that's delicious. so cool. Yeah, and uh, and then the last part, the best thing you can ever do is have a t- too many drinks and go to the 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 taco trucks um, in the abandoned Sears parking lot uh, on State Street <laughs> and have three tacos at around midnight to one a.m. Remember that? Time? It's the best place in Salt Lake City, bar none for food. Remember that time we were walking around Houston at like two in the morning and we saw this like truck and we thought it was it we thought it was playing music. So we thought it was an we thought it was a or something, but we thought it was a taco truck, but it was like an ice cream truck. Basically, we saw this truck. It was driving around and it clearly had food in it. And I told Skylar, I was like, if there are tacos in that truck, I'm going to lose my mind. He was like, this is going to be the best night of my life. And we approached it. And then it was was like ice ice cream. So, I mean, I like ice cream, but... But, I mean, much. he was really in the mood for tacos at 2 in the morning. Yeah, I don't eat out here that often, because I'm normally alone, so... How sad way is to, that? Way to end it. How sad is that? No, I try to save my money, so I don't really eat out a lot, and I also don't know where to go. I haven't really submerged into the Utah Salt Lake culture yet. It's an off-season project of mine. And all the all the Royals players seem like they just know all the coffee shops <laughs> more more than. I mean, I think that's their first mission when they go to a new city. Is the RSL the players shops. know all the food places. Like, oh my gosh! Well, that how them own the food places? But yeah, I mean, that's like home all the time, and like Brian Dunseth and and Andy Williams, and like those people. That's all they talk about is food, and how fat they try not to get eating it. If someone wanted to just make me a list. Make me a list of places to go. Name, we'll address, tweet it out, see what we can get. How it ranks. 
Let me have y'all been to Nelson's know. frozen custard? That's it's pretty delicious. Good. It's a hard no for me. It's a no. I don't know. I, that's what Skyler said. A no. I'm for, like, it's a hard no. Is that a Texas thing? You don't like custard or something? We don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, Why did you hard no? Because I don't eat out here. Like I don't. I don't. I haven't been to places. You here. asked for places, and then you were no, like, "No, I know." They, she no, asked if custard. I. They asked if I went there, and I said, That's "No." I asked if like you've heard of it. Oh no, I've not. Heard oh of okay. It. I thought you asked if I had been there, and I was like, "No." Nope. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> anyway, check it out. Concrete's delicious. It's amazing. Gosh, all right. I, I got now. some places out of this. I got some food places out of this. There's. I don't know, and this is like way out there, but I ate there last week. There's a Chinese place called Zhang's in Ogden, and it was delicious. I ate there for the first time. Let me tell you something about yeah. Let me tell you something about where she was like uh, uh, food recommendations. He's like, hey, you should try this place, and then I look it up, and it's like seven hundred miles away. Well, there's a there's a Nielsen's like I'm literally like a five minute walk from one where I live. It's in South Jordan, out here on Bangor, so it's not far from the yeah. Uh, it's the it's Academy building. Pretty yeah. much the same from me too. Yeah, it's in a pretty easy to get to place. The uh, founder's my neighbor, so uh, suck on that. Ooh. Oh, oh, so oh. free stuff for you. I'll no, play. I wish it was free. Not looks like URFC shows sold and bought by Nielsen's custard. Dude, hey, I will say sponsored that. Sponsored by. I will absolutely say that every week if there's a like a concrete. Yeah, per I'm week down in for that trade off. Oh I'll, have... I'll weigh 500 pounds, but I will love it. it. It's not like the best relationship. It's a like he knows me, but like not my name kind of deal. It's like oh, you're that weird kid who lives down the street. Yeah, that that's fair. That kind of thing. Uh, but no, that sounds delicious. Gosh, y'all are making me so hungry. Dinner time. I mean, food with Roscoe is always great. I, I mean, it sounds like just hanging out with you two in general is always great. We do have fun. We we, we have, have fun. a lot of fun. Probably too much fun, actually. <laughs> do we get any work done ever? It's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> you know, we're just like, where are the pictures? Where are you? Oh, we were probably out doing something funny. This just, so this question just popped into my head. And I guess this question doesn't apply to you as much, Skylar, because you're with video. But Roscoe, like, how do you know when to, like, snap the lens? They get these wild look in their eyes, like, I'm going to do something cool. And Roscoe's like, shutter. Click, 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 click. I don't know. I actually had somebody reach out to me recently asking me, like, how do you get dope shots? And I was like, wow, what a question. <laughs> years uh, and years of working on my craft. I don't know. Like, I, that's that's the part of me that, like, that's the, that's the part of my career, I think, that I've shied away from the most. Uh, people talk, like to, to say, oh, you have a good eye for that or something like that. And I've, I've always shied away from it because I, um, it, it, it takes the onus off of my work for it. It makes it some something that I can't control that potentially I couldn't recreate later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always been nervous about like answering that question in that way. I think at this point, like, it kind of reminds me of this uh, this joke by this comedian who he he basically like 
for hecklers he's like uh he's like why do hecklers like make fun of me for doing jokes like i make a living writing jokes like i travel all over the country writing jokes if you wanted to make fun of me for something like make fun of me for like not being able to play the guitar because i suck at the guitar like i really do and i've always wanted to play it since i was 16 years old but i literally can't play the guitar if you started making fun of me for playing the guitar i would literally be hurt by it but I'm not going to be hurt by you telling me I can't write funny jokes because I literally that's my entire existence is doing that. And I'm making a living doing that. And I, and I, I say that because it's like that's how it kind of feels to me is like at this point, I, I like whatever I'm doing, it's decent enough to make a living, um, to have some cool opportunities. Uh, but I really don't I don't know. Like it's something internally that. I go, oh, like, I'm drawn to that. Um, it's literally all Roscoe's perspective. And I would also say, like, for people who are, like, wanting to get into photography and stuff, like, don't don't mystify that. You don't need to mystify that. You don't need to be like, oh, it's some sort of big mystery how people look at an image and, 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 and find out what they like and what they don't like or, or when they put out something, whether it's successful or not. Just shoot more. Just shoot more and then recognize your own patterns. Uh, the, the more clicks you get, the more the, that you're processing the information of what you're trying to do, like you'll start to see what you like and you'll start seeing the shapes. You'll start seeing the, the functionality of it, uh, how you want your photos structured. Uh, but it's, it's not going to look the same as mine and it shouldn't. So if you want like to develop your own eye or develop your own, look for for whatever you're doing just keep shooting and and keep working at it that's true that's cool that's cool there's so many like i don't know this has just been so enlightening just everything everything about it anyways so we're at an hour and 30 minutes so we should probably wrap up a little bit but I just want to say, like, on behalf of fans, like, thank you for taking us places and putting out kick-ass content. Um, it means so much. And all, like, the small things that you do, like uh, Roscoe, when we first met each other, and he, like, snapped that super candid photo of me and my girlfriend in the stands, like, before the game started. Like, those things mean so much. So, you know, thank you for going above and beyond with your jobs and, you know, doing those kinds of things. Thanks, man. We really thank you. Yeah. And yeah. like I say, you know, you're both very, very good at what you do. And you definitely changed my eye from thinking that, you know, photography is, you know, and videography is just something anyone can do because it's clearly not. It's clearly a craft in an art form that you have to work and try to perfect. And that's something that I've established a great respect for over this last year alone. Well, yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, Megan, Ryan, do y'all want to, I know I typically do the sentimental sappy stuff, but uh, if you want to throw in anything, you're more than welcome to. No. Megan oh, and Ryan, I, you got to come with a hoot. I don't hoot. have anything that smart to say. Bring it! But yeah, no. I, <laughs> well, no, I was just kind of going to say the same thing, Joe, is like, yeah, it's, I've 
had a little bit more experience with photography than some of the people in soapbox not necessarily like adding you to but it's hard like it's one of those things that i just do because it's a hobby but it's a lot harder and to see you two you know skylar doing the videography obviously it's it's commendable to see how much time and effort you put in behind the scenes like we see you walking around all game and we're like oh that'd be cool to be down there but then in, you also s learn that oh they're up till four in the morning editing all that and getting all that content out and i'm this season's been really fun to just see what Utah has been able to put out as far as content for our media goes, because it's, it's not like anything other teams have in this league. And just thank you to you two for everything you've done this season, as far as making us have this brand of sorts that we've been able to kind of set a standard in the NWSL. Thank you. That's Wow. Yeah. Thank you. And and I mean, yeah, I would just say that, like, I mean, for me, um, you know, I got into really following women's soccer closely about three years ago. And uh, the idea that at the top professional level that it would exist in Utah seemed so distant to me then. And then it and then it got like then it became an idea that they were talking about. And then all of a sudden it became this thing. And even even then, like, I didn't really grasp how how far the the whole rsl organization would take bringing women's soccer you know forward um so the fact that you guys are a part of what has been like phenomenal and beyond what anybody really expected would happen has just been so cool to watch because like all of that stuff doesn't happen unless you guys are doing your job and everybody involved is doing what they've done uh to not just say oh yeah and we have a women's team too it's no this is a real thing and it's important and it deserves the same attention and care that any other soccer team of any gender would get so uh just uh like they've like uh, megan and virtual have said just appreciate all your hard work and what you do to make it a special thing thank you thank you so much and and clearly it's a mutually related relationship that we have with you guys because yeah. you know if you guys didn't come out if you guys didn't support the team in the way that you did like we may not have these positions um so thank you to all of you guys especially you guys who are putting out a podcast every week uh you know i did podcasts too when i was, I was at sp nation and i know how much work they are um and you know to 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 put in that much effort uh, for a team and a league that really needs it, I I, I think you that's a, a commendable thing. And, and to all the fans out there that have followed the Royals and become fans, like, hey, like this is we're all in this thing together. Like we want women's soccer to be as big as it possibly can, so that like these players can get you know higher wages, they can uh, live the life that they deserve. That they don't they, need three jobs. Sure. To survive um, you know because we have something truly special in women's soccer in america and it deserves to be as big as it possibly can get and you guys are a big reason why yeah everything you guys do you know really just shows the support that utah has and it's it's really special to be here and see that your, so thank you guys so much for all that spiritual. you do going above and beyond for for the club and for these women who who clearly deserve it <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be that's going to become like my new favorite hashtag on Twitter.
Roscoe, the tear collector, <laughs> strikes again. Uh, no, thank you. There you go. The, I sh- tear the collector. collector. I should change tear that to my name on Twitter. There we the, go. the giver yes. of tears. The wait, no, no, no. <laughs> the tears. The giver of the tears that Roscoe collects. That's probably That's awesome. too long. I'm just. Uh, for the the opener next year, I'm just gonna pull out a mason jar and, and hand just, it over. Just unzip it and, and hand it over. Hand it do over. Do it. Do it. Um, and another thought that I had too is so to go back to the sappiness is so thank you for. Um, I know you know Carla is no longer like with the squad, but like her and you two, your engagement on social media. And the fact that you're so accessible, like it fuels our fandom. Like it has made us like want to engage more and like, you know, want to do the podcasts and yeah, we, we, it, it, it's, it's really fueled our fire. So thank you for that as well. I mean, we appreciate the fans. I mean, we, we know what it's like. We we're fans ourselves. So like, you know, we don't see it as a big leap that, you know, to just have a normal Twitter interaction here and there, you know, like we, we appreciate all that you guys do and you guys reaching out. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome how much you care. It's awesome how much you're invested and, and we're invested as well. And like Roscoe said, we're all in this together. So, you know, everything across the board, everything's appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry for all my. No, your tweets are hilarious. The one about the donuts the other day. You're you're very funny. No, it was. Don't make his head any bigger, guys. Come on. I have to go to work with this guy. I have to share an office. If his head is too big, I won't fit in here. We won't get any video done because I don't fit at my desk. I do have like a like just on a physical level. It's just like it is kind of a big head. I don't. I didn't. I didn't feel like I had a big head like until like recently. I feel like my head's getting bigger. You're just getting older. Yeah, I know. That big head struggle, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. My snapbacks sometimes fit, sometimes they don't. I like see a picture of me recently and I was like, uh, hey, you're looking pretty good. Like, uh, and then you come to work and your head doesn't fit. What the the heck is going on with your head? Show up to work, your head doesn't fit through the doorway. I'm like, you know what? I look, I look at my head in pictures now, and I'm like, wow, your neck muscles must be really. <laughs> so it's two days. Two days in the gym. Two days in the gym. Yeah. Getting bulker every day. Yep. In the gym in the morning. In the gym at night. Sometimes in the gym at lunch. Hulk Roscoe. Hulk Roscoe. That's the new Twitter <laughs> handle. If I've ever heard one. Oh yeah. I really. I really wouldn't fit in the room if you were Hulk Roscoe all the time. I mean, I got really small arms. I wish I could add like oh, the Tyrannosaurus the Bagwell Rex. biceps, but I don't. But apparently, like my, I just like transfer that wish over to my neck. I wonder if the veins pop out when you get. I'm mad. gonna like, go look in the mirror and see if my veins pop out. Please make sure you tweet to update us on that that status. Okay. Maybe it's all the donuts going to your neck. Yeah, donuts. Oh, that was a cool sound effect. Yeah. Oh man. That I do, I do not. I have a normal neck. It's just really long, yeah. so it makes me super extra tall. Donuts are the new uh, HGH. <laughs> I'm down. You didn't bring any to work today, so I'm a little disappointed in you. Mm. Yeah. 
It happens. You'll get over it. I brought you a less strap. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> oh, man.